0: Five, four, three, two, one. This is Engage, two Welcome back to Engage two I am Brother Edie, and joining me is
1: Brother Colin Devoe. How you doing?
0: and we are going to continue in our series the law and we're going to look at the topic today god's everlasting covenant so if you want to know what that is you got to stay tuned but before we go any further we're going to ask brother carlin to lead us into a word of prayer brother carlin
1: let us pray daddy father we're so glad to come here today to be a part of this podcast and to share your word we also pray for those who are out there that might be listening that their hearts be. Soften to your word and they will be more willing to search for themselves to come closer to you that their spirit might be one with our Lord and Savior. This is our prayer in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Throughout the Bible reference is made to God's covenant. Basically, this is a provision from God whereby sinful men and women can become the people of God. We can either accept or reject it. The covenant contains 3 points. 1. God's promises. You can find that in Galatians 3:16 and 17. 2. God's conditions, that is obedience to his will. You can find that in Deuteronomy 4:13. And 3. The means to meet the conditions. This is Christ, the gospel. Isaiah 42:1 and 6. So, let's go into our questions. Question number one, how many covenants does the Old Testament mention? Let us go to our text in Psalms, chapter 105, verses 6 through
1: 10. And Psalms 105, verses 6 to 10 reads, O he sees of Abraham his servants, he turned of Jacob his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He had remember his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand of thousand generation, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oak unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant.
0: This is basically only one covenant. It was made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then with Israel at Sinai. After the Sinai experience, the leaders of Israel continued to call the people to renew their commitment to this everlasting covenant.
1: And that this same covenant is the covenant that God given to the children from Abraham to Isaac. It's the same covenant that he gave to the Israelites. That means that the covenant have not been changed. And that covenant is, will not be broken. So the covenant is still the one covenant that he has given to the Israelites.
0: And also to add to that, Brother um, Deuteronomy... 7 verse 6 i'm going to start from verse 6 and it says for thou art a holy people unto the lord thy god the lord thy god has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth the lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people for ye were the fewest of all people But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, had the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations and repay them that hate him to their face, to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore, it shall come to pass that if ye hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto thy fathers So notice now so much goes into this covenant as it as we related earlier in the in the question about the importance of This covenant or how many covenants it was only one covenant and we found that they were carried through Abraham through Isaac through Jacob Now in the time of Moses as they were in Egypt and during the slavery Bondage, and if they kept the commandments, kept the statutes and judgment, they would not have been in this situation. And we find this a current theme that every time that they would go against the covenant, something was to happen to whip them back into shape. or In other words, it's like whenever a child be disobedient, we want to administer punishment so they could understand to be obedient to the thing in which why they're being punished for when they go against what we as parents. Um, what asked them to do? This is nothing different from the children of Israel, <laughs> you know the children, and their father, the Lord, would instruct them to do something. And then when they go against it in any um, fashion or variation, you find that there's um, judgment made upon the people.
1: I just want to add one more thing on that, and I, I like how you brought it, the fact that this is the smallest of all nations, and we can't uh, not to highlight these things. It's one of the challenges that we have today that we call them the chosen race and all that, etc. And we still focus in on that. And God says, not no peculiarity of them or special bloodline of Abraham. God choose them also for a purpose. Mm -hmm, And this purpose is only binding when they keep his or be obedient or be obedient to his will. So when they go away from God, they actually break that covenant. Mm -hmm, So the mm -hmm. question that they would be asked so are the children of israel um, keeping the will of god and is that covenant still binding because the covenant didn't change it is the same covenant back then and i think that covenant still continued to this day so is this covenant still binding with the children of israel or does the covenant change
0: well we're going to answer that for question number four so we're going to get there so we're not going to jump the gun on this one we're going to get there and god's willing so let's go to question number two, and we we'll build up to question number four. Why did God plan to deliver Israel from Egyptian bondage? Let's go to um, let's go to Exodus chapter two, verse twenty-four.
1: And it reads, Exodus two, verse twenty-four, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, and with Isaac, and with Jacob.
0: So here now, God hears their cries, and. Uh, through Moses, would deliver the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage. And so, just like any normal parent who has um, his child or children in danger, he comes to their aid. And God has a merciful God, like he said, showing mercy on the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. This is a God that loves. And we sometimes put ourselves in predicaments, but God, even through that, through his mercy and his forbearance and long-suffering, he rescues us from ourselves, you know so it, it just shows us as a merciful, loving father for erring, wayward children.:
1: two more texts I want to highlight just before you go from there, and it's really interesting because you um, know that Moses was on God already spoke to Moses spoken to Moses for the deliverance of the children of Israel, and mm-hmm. this bondage. And one of the texts that um, really caught my attention was twenty-three and twenty-five. And that's the one before the one before and the one after it says, mm-hmm. And it came to pass in the process of time, the king of Egypt died, and the children mm-hmm. was us side by reasons of bondage, and they cried, and they their cry came up unto the God by reason of bondage. And God heard the groaning, heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham. You see what happened there? God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Mm-hmm. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that's saying? It's not because of what the children of Israel done. It's because of the faith. And that's what it, that's what the like highlights right there. Because you know Abraham is called the father of the faithful. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the faithfulness of Abraham. God remember that which was carried through. To his son Isaac and also Jacob, keeping that command, being obedient. They were still obedient, like God remember, And that was passed on, and he had that respect because of that bondage or that bond, or not bondage, but that covenant that he had made to Abraham way back then. He had respect that I did not hold that against him, the disobedience of the children so, and make back that covenant relationship that he rescued them and brought them, make them a nation unto him. Mm-hmm. God is good, you know, God is so
0: good and merciful. Yeah, you know, there's hope. When you look at Abraham, you you look at Abraham coming out of a household of um, idolatry. You know, his father started to uh, get into uh, worshipping of other gods. And you find uh, Jacob um, wrestling with what he had done, you know, and and overcoming. This is why he has the name uh, Israel. And so um, you find that these men have... have overcome situations and their surroundings to follow God. And there's hope. There's hope. There's hope in what was told Abraham, that of the seed you shall be blessed. And so there's hope, there's hope to come. And and and, and God remembers that in that respect, because of what you just mentioned, unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's like, you know. Caring for the, the his posterity after he's long off the scene because of who he was and and you know even like that we're like that uh, with one another you know we have long time friends and you know if something would happen to them and they're no longer with us and we remember their families or whatever we want to do right by them because of the good, the good nature uh, of the person um who we remembered you know and this is what the attitude that God takes on here. And then we see that he is touched here with the feelings of the infirmities of his people.
1: I just want to highlight one more thing before you go off this point, Brother Edie. and uh, I'm going to say that Abraham was the father of the faithful. The reason why I'm hopping on this covenant and this faith one more time is because I want us to realize that the children of Israel has now become spiritual as well, and this promise and this covenant still is looking for this promised land. So, God has called, called out a lot of people, just like he called Abraham or the earth, mm-hmm. to be his chosen people. Mm-hmm. And today in the spiritual world, God has called out his people again mm-hmm. to be his represent uh, on this earth. So, God has a church, God have a people, a remnant of people still represent him today. So, and this people are based on what? And we're going to go there, and I'm not going to jump too far, but the first one I'm going to highlight is fate. Unless we have faith, guess what? That covenant is not there anymore.
0: We broke that covenant. And we are definitely called to have faith in these last days. Christ said, well, I find faith when they come back to the earth. And so it's very important for us to exercise that because it's faith. With faith, we please God. Let's look at question number three. When God called Moses to lead Israel out of Egypt, What was his purpose? Let us look at Exodus chapter 6 verse 3 to 5
1: Exodus chapter 6 verse 3 to 5 says and I appear unto Abraham unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them And I have and I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan and the land of their pilgrimage wherein they were strangers and I have also heard the groan of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant.
0: That's powerful. Um, I especially enjoyed verse 3. It says, by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah, was I not known to them? And this takes me back to when Jesus said that Abraham saw me in his day and was, and was glad, and he didn't understand it jehovah means the existing one and we see in john chapter one that the same name comes up he's in he was in the beginning with god he was self-existing and so we find that who's speaking here is jesus we find that that at least he will be jesus manifested as we get to the new testament but here he uh, before that takes place he is the son of god and um or the lord and he is here speaking of what he was to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I just think that was, that's amazing. You
1: know, there's something else. Came so much to scream, like you said, you know, and I, what I like about it is God is right there trying to identify them. He wanted to know that he's existed before time. He also, later on, we found out, he say that he said, that when they ask me, who am I, they tell him, I am, I am. You know, one of the things that stuck to me, too, was the fact that he said, and I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. God did not broke his promise to the children of Israel.
0: Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm.
1: Even in their disobedience and to bring them back into land, God nurtured them back to himself. And he still take them to the promised land. God is a wonderful God. God keeps his covenant no matter what we do. God stays with us. God be with us. God never
0: breaks his promise never God's covenant made with Israel at Sinai was the same one he had made with Abraham in Genesis 17 the covenant made with Abraham is referred to as the everlasting covenant nine times he speaks of it as my covenant let's look at question number four and I think you you were asking uh, this question earlier what was required of israel by the covenant so let's look at exodus chapter 19 verse 5 now
1: exodus chapter 19 verse 5 says now therefore if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant then it shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine
0: they were required to obey and were given the sign of circumcision so is there any difference (laughs) We, there's no difference. Uh, we are still admonished to obey. Jesus said in um, John chapter 14 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. And he also said that it's not the circumcision of the foreskin, but the circumcision of the heart or the mind. And this is the circumcision one. God. He wants to cut off any product of sin that's lingering in our mind and wants us to walk anew. And this is why he admonishes us to have a, the mind of Christ. You find that in Philippians chapter 2. But also Psalms 51 tells us that in us a clean heart or mind and renew right spirit within me. And so here David understood. David understood the circumcision of the heart, of the mind, because this is what we need to follow God. In fact, in Romans chapter seven, verse 25, it's with the mind we serve the law of God, but with the flesh, that's what we need to cut off the law of sin. And so we, there's nothing different in the covenant. The only difference is the The spirit that actuates us to do it is not ourself. That's what the first covenant did. They said, whatever God say, we will do. Now Christ is saying, whatever God says, I will do through you, if you let me. And that's the difference in the covenant. It's no longer by your strength, nor by your power, nor by your might, but it's God's spirit that actuates us to do these things.
1: So we're saying, Brother E.D. Dennis, so it's by Jesus Christ, what he has done. That the covenant is being
0: fulfilled. Not what we do. What I'm saying is, it's a two-fold thing. It's Christ that gives us the power to do it. In other words, mm. in other words, and this is where James talks about faith without works. You can't have one yes. without the other. We can't extract faith from works. Faith accompanies works. And your true works Amen. will show your faith. You you can't escape it. it there's, there's no, oh, there's only faith. No, my friends. The Bible teaches us that the devils believe they have faith, but it's not going to save them because their works shows the opposite of their faith. If you believe Jesus to be the King of kings and Lord of lords, then obey him. That's why he said in Luke 6, why call me Lord, Lord, but do not the things which I say. Mm-hmm. Faith has to accompany works and works, Amen. and works will tell of your faith.
1: And, and it's through that faith and through that words that you become what a peculiar treasure Amen. unto me above all people. See, why I highlight and why I ask that question, because God wants us to be obedient to his will. And obedience he comes by the strength, by us relying on Jesus Christ to give us the strength to overcome all trials and tribulations that we face. Um, I was looking for a text, and I wanted to, when it talks peculiar people, um, your um, faith being gold tried and fire as St. Peter. And tried, I couldn't remember the, my head. But this is what it means. You have to have that faith that surpasses anything. Trust in God for all your strength. And when you learn to lean on God, God gives you the power to overcome temptations, overcomes any trials that you might face. And guess what? Then comes in the blessing. You become a peculiar treasure. You become the apple of his eye. Not only you become the apple of his eye, he gives you the promised land. And along with that promised land, you have the tree of life, which life, is, which is life eternal.
0: We have three texts. Um, we just read the one there in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. I'll read it again. And there's two others I'm going to read with that, talking about peculiarity. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice, indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me, above all people, for all the earth is mine. The second one, Deuteronomy 14, 2 says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself, above all the nations that are upon the earth look at Deuteronomy 26 18 it says and the Lord has avowed thee this day to be his peculiar people as he hath promised thee and that thou shouldest keep all his commandments and the list goes on but I think those three really highlights what you were saying there because God really wants us to be his peculiar treasure he wants people to see the gem and the jewel of being a child of God he wants us to be representative or I might say ambassadors of heaven. And this is why you when you look at Job chapter one, you find that Satan is coming up amongst this holy meeting. And he says, Well, you know, have you considered my servant Job? Because he doesn't get on your program. He doesn't follow your mandates and dictates and rules. And and then the the contest was, Well, if you curse him, you know, or you or you do whatever you want to, he'll curse you. And this is and this is where the, the contrast between those who serve God and those who serve Christ that's what God wanted us to see in Job and he not only wants to see that in Job but everyone who claims to be a Christian that's what God wants us to prove
1: I just want to ask one more second Peter verse 1 and then I'm going to read four. I want to I want us to come up because because we stealing with this word fade everything with this covenant it says Simon Peter a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Mm. It goes on to say, Whereby are given unto us an exceeding great and precious promise, that by these he might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. In other words, when you say obedient, you have a feeling you're getting a precious promise there. See, people don't understand when you go into that red sea, you had to overcome the red sea, then you had to overcome the wilderness. God is what? Purifying you. Mm-hmm. God is shaping you for that holy land, shaping you for that land of kingdom. So you cannot just say you're going to, God is going to give you this promise that I'll make preparing you. Because
0: remember, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: these things are a type of what is to come. And for us, we have the type we have to go through the wilderness and right now we're going through that wilderness experience so we have to have our faith tried, like gold in a fire mm-hmm. and when god is trying your faith he's trying to make shaping and emole you for that day of that precious day of going into the kingdom land mm-hmm. for us that will be the new jerusalem
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
1: you you have when you and say your obedience and you say this and that part i just read was saying and you have this exceeding great and precious promise that by these he might be partakers of the divine Nature and other words. While they were going through their wilderness experience, God was shaping and molding the character so they can also be a part of the covenant of the new promised land. Mm, mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Okay, let's look at question number five. Was God's covenant at Sinai another covenant? No. God simply renewed His covenant to Israel at the time. The promises are there in Exodus chapter 19 verse 4 through 6. The law is there and the call to obedience Exodus chapter 20. The means to fulfill the conditions are there too through the gospels as presented in the sanctuary. You can find that in Hebrews 9 verse 1. The ratifying of the covenant at Sinai by sacrificial blood pointed to Christ and the ultimate ratification of the everlasting covenant relative to the renewing of the everlasting covenant Jeremiah predicted it in the coming messianic age you can read Jeremiah 31 verses 31 to 34 and compare it with Jeremiah 30 verse 9 Jesus announced its renewal in the Lord's supper in Luke 22 verse 20 God could not renew the everlasting covenant with physical Israel as they rejected him but he is able to do so with spiritual Israel. And this is what we were alluding to because we find that those who are worshiping God, as Jesus told the um, Samaritan woman at the well, that those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. So it's not just enough to have faith, but faith has to be actuated by your works. That's why he said in John 14, 15, one of my favorite texts, if you love me, keep my commandments. Let's go to question number six now. Why does Paul mention an old covenant in Galatians and in Hebrews? Does God have two ways of dealing with man? What is the difference between the old and new covenant? The old covenant was based on works, while the new covenant is based on faith, according to Galatians three two. Paul shows in Galatians chapter four verse twenty two to twenty six that just as Abraham perverted the use of hagar making a wife of her to secure a child so israel perverted the moral and ritual instructions from an arrangement of law and gospel one convicting the law and the other pointing to christ ritual to merely a system of works obey it all and you will be saved therefore The old is called old because Israel perverted the covenant into a covenant of works and then punished them for something they could not do. God gave the people the same basic covenant he had given to Abraham. That it became a system of works and then punished them for something they could not do. God gave the people the same basic covenant he had given to Abraham that all became a system of works it is due to the nation's perversion of it this was never God's design the fault at Sinai lay with the people who failed to maintain their relationship to God's covenant then too, the covenant was formulated for them on the basis of the sanctuary types Which in time came to an end. When a person leaves the new covenant experience to live under the old, he falls from grace. Read Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. And I think we need to do that. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. I'll read, and it says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. Ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. I'll read verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith, which worketh by love. It, it tells us right there that the, and to be quite honest, a lot of people do take this out of context and they say they are no longer in entangled in bondage. And so they say we no longer have to keep the commandments. But Jesus doesn't speak with two sides of his mouth. He wouldn't tell the rich young ruler found in Matthew chapter 19 he needs to keep the commandments to enter into heaven to have eternal life then he wouldn't have said in john chapter 14 15 keep my commandments if you love me and he wouldn't tell us in john 15 10 to keep the commandments to abide in the father's love as he had kept the father's commandments and abide in His love so he's not talking about the ten commandments paul is it's very explicit here he's talking about the bondage of a law that is bound up in Rituals and rites and he brings up circumcision because this is one of the things that um, In the time of Moses and in the time of Abraham circumcision was a big deal Paul is saying that's no longer the case those who um, Take God out his word by faith This is the faith that's gonna work the love and if you love Christ you keep his commandments
1: I, I like how you pointed out but I just want to add another part of it from a different point of view, first um, Peter verse 1. And I want, we talk about works and we talk about faith. And God, we also highlight obedience. Um, disobedience is not of ourself. This is our faith demonstrated by our works. Mm-hmm. That God already, to his word, pray for our minds and bring us right with him. And I, I wanted to highlight this because it actually comes into the line from a different point of view about what this faith really is all about, and what obedience comes in line, it says here in First Peter, verse one and verse seventeen. And if you were called of the fathers, who without respect of person judge according to every man's work, you see, back then they were trying to earn salvation by their own work, and this would got Abraham in problem and problems, because he believed by fooling around with Agar, he could bring the promise true. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they know, I have gone, I'm have i going to bring it to your wife, Sarai. Mm-hmm. She will be the one to have the promised seed. And right. this is what he says. This says here, um, it says, and, and if you call on the fathers who, without respect or person, judge according to every man's works, passing time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as he know that you are, not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver, gold, from main conversation received by traditions from your fathers, mm-hmm. but the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You see, the blood of Jesus Christ was the purifying symbol from day one. Mm-hmm. This hope that they were looking for was not just only in the promise of the Israelite. This covenant was the fact that God said he's going to send a redeemer and he's going to redeem men from sin. Mm-hmm. It goes further on and says here. Say, as lamb without blemish and without spot, who rarely was foreseen before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last time for you, who by him do believe in God, that it raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Right. You see what's happening there? Mm-hmm. This covenant was on based even way back then, even in the promise of Abraham's seed, which was a type to let you know that the promise of the Messiah is gonna come. Mm-hmm. See, God, mm-hmm. that was the covenant with God, you know. That's the other part of that covenant. The other part of the covenant that God was demonstrated to Abraham to you to let you know that yes, the promise received who will deliver us of sin will come. Mm-hmm. He goes forward and mm-hmm. says, Seeing you have purified your soul in obedience, obeying the truth through the spirit, unforeign, love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart, ferment. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abided forever. Mm-hmm. See, when God made a covenant, and when God made his decision, it abides forever. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. didn't break his covenant. And that covenant starts way back then, way from the very first beginning with Genesis, goes into Abraham. See, Abraham had faith. That's why when he offered his son Isaac up to him on that altar, he used God, which teached him from day one. Just like how I have my yoga, your only begotten son, God demonstrated that. That's why Acre, her son could not be there; Ishmael could not be, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God wanted him to see the promise. The promise was true. Isaac, Isaac was the descendant who's going to be a son of God. Who was going to come true.
0: You know, to say and- to say it this way is like this: Abraham was told that God would do something, but Abraham played God, and he did something. This is the this is the issue here God said something and and Sarah said something because remember the plan came from Sarah God said I will Sarah says let me our faith hinges upon the word of God that's why Jesus says man shall live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God not Sarah and not whomever else when we do not take God out of his word it's no longer faith but works Because you are trying to accomplish something that God said he would and this is the issue today and it hasn't changed It's going to be what God says or what man says the traditions as you read it earlier The traditions of the fathers or the word of God the unchanging unerring Word of God and this is where the covenant lies This is where why this covenant is better than the old because it was the people saying we will do and they failed but God is saying I will do it and through me you will overcome and that's the difference in the two covenants let us go to our final question for this episode Question number seven what is the proper function of god's law let us go to romans chapter 3 verse 20
1: and romans chapter 2 verse 20 reads okay romans chapter 2 verse 20 yeah mm-hmm. it reads therefore by the deeds of the law There shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin.
0: And now let's look at Romans 7, 7.
1: And Romans chapter 7, 7 reads, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law has said, Thou shalt not covet.
0: I want to look at James. James says something here that helps us to understand that question. What is the proper function of God's law? James chapter 1 from verse 22 to 25. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding His natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgeteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in all his deeds. So here, James is telling us exactly what's the proper function of that law. That law is like a mirror. And we behold our face in the law of God And when we see, like Paul says I had not known lust, and theft, the law said, thou shalt not covet But where did that come from? That comes from commandment number 10 that says Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's wife, and so on So here Paul is saying, I had not known I was uh, lusting after other people's things until the law said so And once you understand that, then we ask the law of help And say, Lord, change my heart, help me to, to be con- content about the things I have Help me not to want other people's things. Help me not to want my neighbor's wife or my neighbor's car, my neighbor's job or money or whatever it is. These, this is what God's law serves as. And once we understand that, it's like a a, a mirror. The, that's why we, we, we say here, especially us on this program, the law will not save you. The law is only there to show you what's wrong with you. The help coming from the Lord, as the psalmist said. And he was the one and he is the one who will give you the strength and the power to overcome. That's why it says all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So he will give you the power. He is able to keep you from falling. But like Peter sinking, what must we do when we are sinking? Cry out for help. That's what that's what Peter did. He said, Lord, save me. And that's what Jesus does. He saved us from our sin. That's why he came. And I love the text that Brother Carlin read um, earlier. That tells us that he is the Lamb. I think it was in 1 Peter. He is the Lamb. That perfect lamb that came to save us from sin. And so once we give our hearts and our minds to him, he will do exactly what his word says that he would do. That's to save us.
1: You know, Brother Edie, um, I love this text so much because people, you know, one of the biggest demonstrations of a converted heart is the life we live. And Mm -hmm. whether we want to believe it or not, God is in the business of molding characters.
0: Amen. One of the things that we're going to be able to take from this earth is our character.
1: Right. So, if the heart, that is the stony heart, doesn't become flesh, guess what's going to happen? Your heart's going to be like Pharaoh's heart that's hardened. Mm -hmm. And you're going to want to go, you're going to find yourself fighting against God. Mm-hmm. And that's why the your faith, this perfect law of liberty, is presented. Because the law is not just a law of burden. It's a law of liberation. It's a law to protect you, to keep you from falling. And something came out as you were reading, and I was thinking in my mind, in James chapter 2, and it says here in verse 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith with all thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. In other words, if I cannot have a character that presents Jesus Christ to the nation, then how can I say I'm a child of God? Mm-hmm. Don't even the heathen say, how could you say you're a Christian and you live in this way?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, the Bible is no lie. Eh?
0: Mm-hmm. No. Nope.
1: If you cannot demonstrate your faith by your lifestyle, and a converted and a changing characteristic, then guess what? They call you a lie,
0: mm-hmm.
1: hypocrite. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So the covenant that God has made to us is a covenant that only can be fulfilled when we demonstrate our faith by our obedience to His will. I know sometimes it is a challenge for us to live up to that challenge, and guess what? That's why David was put inside the Bible. That's why the Psalms was put in the Bible, and that's why Psalms. When you hear David and hear the way that David speak, Oh, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me to the way of everlasting. David was a sincere man. You see, when we fall in situation, God has also given us 1 John chapter 2. We have an advocate on high. And the advocate is Jesus Christ. Yes, we're not going to always get it right, but Jesus is still there, willing to carry us through. That's what that text earlier said. Even though the children of Israel were disobedient and stranger to God, because guess what we are? We are now stranger to God in our sin. But become alive, like Paul said. come alive. You were once alive, I should say. And then we are dead to sin. But become alive in Jesus Christ. Amen. Because we start living for the one who has died for us. And that's what love does. Love melts the stony heart. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And we make it a flesh. Mm-hmm. And that flesh gives faith. Because we now learn to trust in the one who have died for us. And when we trust him, we start becoming obedient to the word of God. And sometimes we become obedient. And we don't even understand how we become obedient. Because the word of God is right there daily as we eat. And as we read the word of God, our faith is being strengthened. And as we sit down and spend that morning and that evening just worshiping and studying the word of God, our eyes starts to be opened. And we develop a trust in our Lord. See, that faith builds trust. Trust builds obedience.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen.
1: That brings, shows love. Amen. Let us put our hands and our hearts in our Lord and our Savior who can take us to the land of Canaan, who can bring us to the New Jerusalem.
0: Amen. In conclusion, God's law is his standard of right, it expresses his will. You can read Psalms 40, verse 8. It declares man's duty. Read Ecclesiastes chapter twelve verse thirteen. And it reveals sin. Read Romans three twenty and seven seven. God's law is also the method by which he works. It shows how God runs the universe morally and spiritually. God's method is obedience to his will. If man had never sinned he could easily go by the terms obey and live disobey and perish god cannot change his law as the standard but because man has sinned he has to change the method of attaining righteousness israel's failure was a failure of faith you can read romans 9 31 to 33 and hebrews 4 1 and 2 the eternal principle of the everlasting covenant is to believe what god has promised and allow the holy spirit to write god's law on our hearts salvation by grave establishes god's law as the standard read romans 3 verse 31 8, 3 to 4 and romans thirteen nine 9 10. my friends what a blessing this study was we pray that you go back over the material we covered and come to the conclusion for yourself By the aid of the Holy Spirit, He will never lead you wrong. We are going to ask Brother Colin to close us up with a word of prayer. Brother Colin.
1: We thank you, God, for the covenant that you have kept. We thank you for the blessings that you have already given. We thank you for the strength that you've given to us. We thank you for the son that have died on the cross. We thank you that you have never failed or given up on us. We thank you for when you Say that you will redeem us unto yourself for this reason god we give honor and we give praise to your name because it's only through your righteousness that we become obedient because we don't even have the heart to come to you Amen. we thank you god that you are willing to step a uh, step a little lower to bring us uh, aright with your father and yourself for this reason god we say to the grace and mercy and through the blessings and we ask that you be with those who are listening and us on this panel today to keep us firm in your word to grow to be strengthened and that our faith might be demonstrated in our life through the obedience of your word of god amen. for this we say in jesus name amen
0: if you care to send us an email you can do so at heart to heart ministries 242 at gmail.com we will always be happy to hear from you also, you can find us on YouTube. Just type into the search engine, Heart2Heart242. There you'll find all of our past content. We would invite you to subscribe to our channel and click on the bell icon. so do not miss any more of our future uploads. Also, if you like the information, please give it a thumbs up and share it if you believe it. Also, you can find us on Facebook, under Heart2Heart242. And also, you can find us on Twitter. You can also hear this podcast via Anchor. So for myself, Brother Edie, and for my co-host, Brother Colin, we say until next time, Maranatha.